We acknowledge that we're meeting and recording on the traditional country of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and we pay respect to elders past and present. We recognise and respect their cultural heritage, beliefs and relationship with the land. We acknowledge that they are of continuing importance to the Ghana people living today. And we also extend that respect to other Aboriginal language groups and other First Nations. Hello and welcome to One for the Books. I'm Jacinta. And I'm Emma. We're a book podcast for everyone. Whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book love. Equal part book club, ultimate reckless, and catch up with your friends. <laughs> Welcome to our latest episode. Hi everyone. I'm really excited about this week's yeah, this this fortnight's good, episode. This is a good topic. I know I always refer to it as a week. I know, same, because it just makes sense because, I don't know, it just seems easier. The like it flows. Time. Yeah. <laughs> time is a construct, it's fine. Yeah, guys, who cares? <laughs> um, so to celebrate National Reconciliation Week, we're doing a special NRW-themed episode. So we're celebrating and talking about all of our favourite First Nations authors and writers so yeah. I'm really pumped before yes. we get started can I ask you a really like important question uh yes please <clears throat> um what is your favorite snack of all time <laughs> of all time of all time like oh what is you know desert island vibes like if you could only take one snack food what yeah. would it be this is we're a big snack podcast we were talking about we have a snack buffet it's today like and we're like so excited incredible today actually yeah. I think it's probably snakes Oh, okay. Yeah, I love a lolly. Mm. Massive sweet tooth. I yeah. just think the consistency, like the chewiness, yes, is and great for a snack. True. You're kind of, when you're snacking, you're wanting something to do. And it's more than one mouthful. I feel like yes. snacks are disappointing if you feel like you shove it all in your mouth and then that's it. It's gone <laughs> like a starburst. They're great, yeah. but they're over too soon and they're way exactly. too addictive. And exactly. last episode can attest to too much of a sugar high. You get, <laughs> too much yeah. of a good thing. We're still coming down off that sugar high. <laughs> and also, snack buffet, we're just going to start again, basically. I know, we've got two packets of snacks this time. I'm I know. Heaven. Yeah, and double stuffed Oreos. <laughs> and shapes. <laughs> I think snakes would be... Good choice. I love a lolly. Because I'm, I'm actually not a big snacker I think I am yeah I don't know well what's your desert island snack I feel like I wouldn't want a supermarket full of snacks like, I don't know <laughs> if I can pick one option yeah what's something that encompasses all of it like mm. a rocky road or something I don't that's that's a good choice <laughs> I reckon a good biscuit of some kind oh, yeah. either shapes wait savory or sweet well either shapes or like a choc chip biscuit or something oh like that God, such a good one or a tim tam Dream. I wonder if you could just do overarching style like Tim Tam and then you'd get all the sub flavours because <laughs> then you'd get some variety. That's true. A salad of Tim <laughs> or Tams. Or like Arnott's biscuits. <laughs> you just get fucking everything basically. Arnott's factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the island. And Dunkaroos. Are you too young for Dunkaroos? No. How fucking good were they? They were such a treat. Like They I, were like your parents would never I get know, them. I know. I right? was never allowed to. It's like your birthday. They're like, here's your one yearly packet exactly. of Dunkaroos. And you'd be like, oh my God. And then they'd be over so quickly. You'd be like, fuck. Yeah, the kid at school who had Dunkaroos. Oh, oh. Ultimate parents. <laughs> Even though, like, thankful my parents didn't give me Dunkaroos every day. But still, <laughs> yeah. not as a kid. As an adult, I'm, I'm, you know, I appreciate that. Oh, 
So excited. Should we actually start? <laughs> See, you can tell how much we love snacks. This could just go just on Just a for snack hours. episode. Be like, you're not getting any book recommendations. You're just getting us waxing lyrical about all of the snack Our choices snacks. in Australia. <laughs> um, you go first because um, I am notoriously the underprepared one and I've written zero notes this episode. So you can go first, Jacinta, because I am 100% winging it. I don't think that you can't really tell though. True. I mean, I wing like every episode, so. <laughs> I know. Like, it's impressive. It's great. That's very generous. <laughs> so what's your first book this week? Well, my first book is Song Spirals, Sharing Women's Wisdom of Country Through Songlines by the Gay Woo Group of Women. It's it's such an incredible book. I was so deeply moved by it. It's this emotional story about connecting with the living tradition of women's songlines, which this group of women actually refer to as song spirals. Um, they're the Yolu women from the northeastern Arnhem Land. So they're basically cry stories of connection and stories of people and place and stories of belonging with place. And these women keen these song spirals. They cry them to bring country to life and the history and knowledge and all of that. So it's it's beautiful. Like I was completely like stopped in my tracks by this by this book. Did you read the hard copy or did you listen to an audio book? I read the hard copy because I wonder if the audio book would include or like you'd get that immersive experience. I tried to look for an audio book for this. But they actually, they don't have one or they don't have Damn. one yet. But what they do is I looked at lots of videos where they actually, they actually cried the song spirals. So you kind of got. Oh my God. You kind of got, I think it's on their YouTube channel. So you've got that vibe. So basically the story is structured. They really go into five particular song spirals. So they have recordings of each one of them. And they're, yeah, they're beautiful this sounds incredible i know because like it is that kind of as someone like who grew up in western culture you kind of do have to rewire your brain because they just encapsulate how connected they Mm. are to everything and how it's like i mean song spirals is a perfect description Mm -hmm. of it because everything is connected everything is cyclical yeah and how it's just it's about the past it's about their connection with the land it's about it connects all their generations. Like, it was stunning. I feel like this would be a really good companion book. There's a book called Songlines that I've read. Yes, you mentioned that one. Which, yeah, it's really lovely. It's sort of co-written um, between two women. One's a neuroscientist, a white woman who's a neuroscientist, yeah. and one is a First Nations woman. And they basically each write a section of every chapter, and it's like the intersection of science and, like... Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture and history. So it's almost like you get both perspectives of like why the brain is actually evolutionarily wired to take on knowledge orally like that and how we're actually better suited to oral stories and history than we are to written. Beautiful. And then the ways there was this, there was one one of the storytelling is so much like in that historical sense. It's it's why music is so popular, right? And how we remember lyrics and all of those really like fundamental things. I have to read that book. Yeah, because the neuroscientist talked about how she basically was trying to learn, she set herself this challenge where she wanted to learn all the names of all of the countries and capital cities in the world or something. It was quite like a lofty goal. (laughs) But she created her own song line to remember it where like different parts of her house were different countries and cities. And, like, she said within a few weeks she'd literally remembered all of them and how that's how our brain is actually supposed – well, not supposed to, but is 
programmed and more easily capable of remembering big chunks of information. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I've, like, hogged this, but it was No, a, but that's what it is about. It's were, about that tradition yeah. of, like, that oral history. I feel like both books would be great to read, like, one after the yes. other almost. Oh, my gosh. I actually... That sounds fascinating. Yeah. And how it's, like, how they had such a close relationship with their country. Of course. And it was a way of remembering where things were located and what foods you could eat, what foods you couldn't, what times Mm. things happened, how seasons worked. Like there was another story in the book about an Aboriginal man, I think he was part of the Stolen Generation, so had never actually been on the country that, you know, was his country. Mm. Um, But his, I think it was his aunt had passed, like he reconnected with some family and they um, sang this certain song line and he drove with someone back through his home country and he knew exactly where like certain water holes were and (laughs) honestly it was like he'd never been there before and he was like there's a water hole over there and they like took the turn off and it was exactly where he said it was so it's like how that how close that connection is was phenomenal to like discover in this way it's interesting that you say it's so much also about like mapping the land as well because this Mm. Group, the Gaywa group of women, which translates to Dillybag group of women. It's like a collaboration between three Yolu women and associate professors who are actually, they're not linguists, they're geographers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's, it kind of, it gives you a different, this different element because it maps how important the, the kind of the water environment are to these East mm. Arnhem women and they bring in like the whales and like all that wildlife as well so that's it's really yeah yeah, it's fascinating like they're the guardians of the land right And like this is how they understand what the land needs it's been generations Mm. and millennia of stories and knowledge that just gets passed down in this way yeah and the fact that we prioritize in western culture written language as the ultimate pinnacle of knowledge and intelligence i've really started to get frustrated and challenge that a lot more in my own experiences Mm. in the last few years that's so true yeah like it's very elitist when you think about it like this is the only way that that we're supposed to record things yeah yeah exactly wow sorry i've like really no whole chat no i I love this i'm so sorry (laughs) well the reason why i picked up this book because it's such a fascinating topic yes idea of like oral histories and the idea of like a song spiral does it make you also um Sometimes when I f- read stories like that, I get really sad about all that we've lost by virtue of white supremacy and mm. colonialism and genocide and all of the 100%. awful things that have occurred in Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, so many people have been displaced from culture and community and land and family. Mm. And it just makes me wonder, like, how much richer of a country oh, we could be. Exactly. Yeah. If we actually embraced it. Yeah. And they actually, they're pretty explicit about how they... In their words, they think Australia is a racist country. And in writing this book, it was about kind of putting their foot down and saying, this is my land and this is how we've experienced it. Like, for, like, thousands and thousands of years. I'm really moved by this. It's, and, like, yeah, the introduction, like, I was crying. Like, it was, it was so, I was so moved by this book and these women who wrote it. Because they, what they do is they write it out in their language and mm. then they translate it into like Wonderful. our English and even though like obviously they they explain there's layers and layers that just we wouldn't be able to understand but even like the 
the translation was so like beautiful. Mm. I'm gonna link some of them because I think they're so worth. Can you link all hearing. of them? <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I want to be able to I like know. go through yeah. and hear them all. Well, I just thought so. They call the cry the milkari, and the way they describe it as it's a soft, tremulous voice, deep with emotion, sometimes grief, sometimes joy, pierced with loss and pain, and all of these things and more. And I just think. Like, just a simple kind of song encapsulates so much. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, I I need everyone to read this book. It's, it really, it challenges you, your way of thinking and the way we kind of experience country as well. Yeah, and I think our understanding even of just First Nations. Oh, totally. Culture, intelligence, practice, knowledge, everything. I think it's only in the last decade or two that I feel like that's penetrating white communities Mm. where we're starting to actually listen for the first time and hear those stories and that information yeah the fact that this is all contained in a book is like such Mm. an honor and like a privilege to be able to read and experience 100 percent. yeah so i really i really want everyone to go out and read it yeah i haven't so i'm gonna you can borrow it if you want are you serious that you bought it yeah, oh, I've got it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go borrow it on the no, library. No. I have it. It's yeah. sna- smacking my own hand. No more library <laughs> books for the moment. Oh, my gosh, your list. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, I've been so much better. You know what I did? I went Part through and Part I cancelled all my holds because I was like... Oh, did you? I have 38 books at home. I can't keep... And I had, like, 20 on hold and I was like, no. 38. I've kept three on hold that are, like, all really popular. So I was like, it'll take ages before yeah, I can even get, out of that line. get yeah. them. So I was like, I'm happy to leave those because I've already been waiting for two months. Like, it's going to be ages <laughs> before they even become a va- yeah. I say that. I'll probably get them tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, I it's my new system. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that, it, and it probably help you like not feel so overwhelmed by it oh to gosh. actually get to just start fresh. So much less anxious. Yeah, I was like, you, why you am I giving myself it. panic attacks about the library? Like, that, yeah. self-inflicted. <laughs> so silly. No more, no more overdue. No, fees. So I still have nine overdue, but <laughs> power reading to get through at least some of them. I believe Shocking. in you. Thank definitely. you. Thank you. <laughs> no, you can definitely borrow it. Thank I think you. you would, I think you would love it. It sounds perfect for me. Yeah, it was, and I have to read that song lines book. Yeah, that I just got from the library. It's definitely on the One Card Network. It's Such quite a good idea. like it's a thin book. It's look, it is dry in parts. Like there were yeah. parts where I was like, this isn't the most thrilling book in the world, but it was Classic so non-fiction. interesting. Yeah. that I just really loved finding out, like learning more. That's yeah. what was great about the book. Okay, yeah, that's on my list now. Yeah, love it. It's a good one. Thanks. No worries. Thank you. What's your first one? Um, okay, so my first one, so I think we've done a classic just into Emma vibe where oh, yours yeah. are all nonfiction and mine are all fiction. <laughs> um, but, you know, good to balance things. <laughs> um, so my first book is called Too Much Lip by Melissa Lukashenko. <gasps> this is a good one. Have you read this book? Yes. Oh, I love this book so much. Such a good one. Okay, so my first book, Too Much Lip by Melissa Lukashenko. Um, it's fiction. Won the 2019 Miles Franklin Award and the Seller Award. Um, has been shortlisted for a bunch of other awards as well. Like, it's a very popular book. Mm. Um, I think Melissa Lukashenko is one of my favourite writers from Australia. Mm. Um, her book, Mullumbimby, is also really great. Oh, I haven't read that one. I would say it's not as good. Like, I still prefer but Too it's Much very, Lip. It's, like, very popular, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite different, though, which I actually think is really impressive when an author has quite different styles between books. Oh, it's yeah, such that's a talent. A talent. 
definitely. Because how do I don't know? I feel like that'd be so difficult to be good at it. Oh, even I one stuff. I have. I just have one trick. Like that's yeah. cool. <laughs> love it. <laughs> no variety. Um, <laughs> so this is, um, I'd say, darkly funny. I feel like there's really serious topics that get discussed, but Melissa Lukashenko's ability to make dark topics very funny and laugh out loud is like second to none. Yes. Like stuff that I felt like I shouldn't be laughing at. I was because like, it's this is hilarious. Taboo element yes. that kind of makes you want to laugh. And I loved how abrasive and honest and upfront the main character is. I loved that she kind of took no shit from anyone. She was really oh. passionate about caring for country True. and the rights of her family and her people and yeah it's just brilliant um so it's about a woman who um I guess struggles with a lot of the bullshit and racism from this small town she moves away she comes back um because her pop is dying um which has really like kind of rocked her world Mm. um and yeah it's I think it's about her connection to country and how it pulls her back in I think she tried to move away from her family and her country I think to separate from her trauma and grief it was like a coping mechanism of trying to live a different life so she could almost run away from that and Mm. then when she went back realizing that she couldn't and how strong that connection was and rediscovering that but also I think rediscovering and learning about some of the pain and trauma that her family had experienced and she herself experienced. Yeah, but like because it happens in such like awful circumstances, there is something so powerful about yeah actually having to confront the thing you were like running away from. Yeah, and you like feel that viscerally. Yeah, but I also love that like I feel like every character in the book is just really genuine and normal like they're so relatable even yeah. if you didn't grow up in the same circumstances or you don't identify with every aspect of them there's something just really lovely and normal about all of them yeah where they just they feel so real because of that like <laughs> I, I could picture Was them so vividly about, like the small town like kind oh, of yeah, maybe. country thing maybe but it's quite I think because it's set um in a completely different part of the country to where I grew up so yeah. I feel like it was quite different sounding country yeah. but yeah maybe it's that small connection but I don't know it's more the connections between all of the family members that I really loved and, and kind of brought so them to about life that culture as well yeah yeah it's so family different to the everything. way we that kinship kind of system yeah so, I think it's portrayed really beautifully in this book I agree and I also just feel like um oh there's just so much to it that I loved like it's just beautiful and funny and dark caveat I do think it takes a little bit of time to get into and get used to all of the characters I recommended this to a friend a while ago and she said it took her a little while to get into and then once she did she was like obsessed with it and was a page turner because that's how I had described it I find a page turner quality kind of a book um but I think it's there's a lot of characters in the beginning isn't yeah there? and it's like getting around names and places and that kind of thing yeah and it's like the crumbs where it's like little things have been drip fed to you almost or like you've got to pick the crumbs up as you go along before you can put it all together and it makes sense later on yeah so I think that like at the beginning you're like what like (laughs) I don't understand the backstory (laughs) and like why she's here and who her family are and like yeah but I think once you're in you're in and you won't want to put it down yeah I loved this one yeah so too much lit by Melissa Lukashenko is my first recommendation such a good one thank you I want to read Mullen Bimby as well Mm. It was good. It's just very not, different. Not much of a, not as much of a page turner. I think it's slower paced. It was really good, but I would say 
So it's still like a thick, like not fiction. as smooth. I don't know. Okay, was that her first? Did also she write fiction. it before too much lip? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, and I feel like you can tell, not in a bad way, just like you can tell it's an earlier work. Does that yeah. make sense? Sometimes when there's when a maturity or a, yeah. a cleanness to the way something's written, like. I also think maybe it comes down to editors and, yeah. No, I, I still think that's a really good one. Mm. Putting that on my list as well. What's your second book? My second book is actually inspired by Emma. Oh, my God. And the brilliant cook that she is. Uh-huh. It's actually a cookbook. So it's called Wandu Mai, which means good food, Introducing Native Australian Ingredients to Your Kitchen by Rebecca Sullivan and Damien Coulthard. This sounds amazing. Yes. So I um, I actually came across this book through work. So I had I actually interviewed Damien. Oh, my God. So cool. Yeah. And kind of got to know all about his, this incredible guy. Damien, who's one of the authors with his wife, Rebecca, is from Adamantinan country. So he spent his childhood in like regional South Australia, so the Flinders Ranges. Mm -hmm. And he grew up kind of intrinsically connected to his culture and his family because of that and actually had a really big influence from his grandparents in using native ingredients. And he tells stories about how his grandfather used to go out and catch witchetty grubs and all that kind of stuff. So later on, he's he's an artist, He's um, he's a sports coach, he's a teacher as well. But he started this company. Yeah, it's kind of like an umbrella kind of thing. Let me I see. feel like I've heard of them before. Yeah, um, Wandu. Yeah, yeah, they're like super popular. Yeah, Their they're stuff really cool. Looks really good. I've just never picked it up before. Yeah, yeah. So I recommend this cookbook. Oh. So he and his wife Rebecca started um, a local food business called Wandu, which is about all about like um, champion native ingredients and actually using them. This cookbook is the the encapsulation of all of that because they actually, they're taking these quote-unquote standard Australian recipes but, like, infusing them with native ingredients and how to use them and they kind of give you, like, a little story behind each of them. It's, like, a really great book and I brought this for my mum on Christmas and we've been, like, using it ever since. Oh, my God, that sounds so incredible. Yeah. and it's really easy to kind of, to kind of use, so... Oh, yeah, for Christmas, I made um, a lemon myrtle and limoncello trifle. <gasps> oh, yes. my God. And it was I so love good. limoncello. I know, that's like, because that's our culture. I was like, this is, it's like the marrying of like Australian native and like Italian culture. Oh, so I was so like, amazing. this is like perfect the perfect. for Christmas. <laughs> I know, because like, my whole family was that. So it was a big crowd pleaser. So I really, yeah, this is such a good cookbook. So good. They have, like, beautiful forwards as well. So there's one by Bruce Pascoe, <gasps> so the author of Dark My Emu. Favorite. Yeah, and it's, like, it's such a, like, a rousing forward. It really puts into perspective the whole book and how the significance of Aboriginal Australians' role in, like, how the history can be told through food and all mm. of that. And there's also one by Dale T- Tilbrook, um, who's a native food specialist, and how these ingredients are more than just food. It's mm. all about that connection to country and their medicine, their totems mm. and all that kind of thing and how it actually demands from us conservation and kind of protection, which is really beautiful. And then Damien and Rebecca explain um, like their personal connection and obviously Damien's upbringing. Mm. So, yeah, it's like this really beautiful context and then you're making things kind of these How these recipes wonderful. and they're like they're from our backyard 
I was going to say, actually, like, I think to me, if you're an environmentalist or anyone that cares about the environment, like, this is legitimately the way forward. Oh, in Australia, like, why are we eating introduced foods? Like, this is actually, like, such a smart way of trying yeah. to eat beyond all of the cultural recognition exactly. and um, the importance and celebration and all of that. Like, yeah. it's also, like, that connection to country and conservation mm. and care for the land. And some of them are, like, so simple. Instead of using like normal limes we buy at the supermarket, they use finger limes oh. because they're native to Australia. Murray River pink salt and native pepper instead of like buying that mm. processed one from the supermarket. Mm. So they do really guide you through using these native ingredients and do give you, what do you call it, replacements. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like substitutes? Yeah, so they do give you substitutes if you don't have those particularly native ingredients. Cool. But what I did and what I recommend... So I brought the cookbook from their website and they have this gift pack oh my God. where they give you a bunch of the ingredients. So that's... I'm Googling that's, them. Yeah, oh my God, do it. It's like this gift pack where it gives you all the recipes and then they actually provide those native ingredients because they are... That's so cool. They are a bit harder to find, which is so sad about this whole thing and kind it is, of what it? their whole thing is about. And yeah, I really... I, I, I had so much fun oh kind my of... God, native thyme oil? Yes, it's so good. <sighs> They've got teas. Yes, they're really big on teas. Strawberry gum and elderflower. Oh, yeah, there's um my other favourite recipe. Lemon. Ooh. Was strawberry gum pavlova. Oh, fuck off. That sounds so it good. It was so good. Yeah. And also the wattle seed and lemon myrtle cheesecake. I loved. <gasps> yes. Oh, I love Emma, a this fucking is a cheesecake. Actually, Ed's mum, like my partner's mum, loves cheesecake and it's her birthday coming up. Delicious. Maybe I could make that. Yeah. Can you send me a pic of the recipe? Definitely. And then I'll... Oh, is it this gift pack? Is yeah. Is that what you were saying? So the gift pack where it has like all of the ingredients plus all those recipes that goes with it. I feel like this would be a really good gift for my sister for Christmas. It's actually... It's it's brilliant. Because oh. it's like... It's such a tangible way for us to honour history. Mm. And also... Yeah. To incorporate this into our like everyday lives, which is why I found it so powerful and useful. It's a really practical way to do it. Totally. Yeah. They've even got like essential oils and stuff like that. Their as shop well. is really good. So yeah, I recommend everyone go to their oh, shop as well. And candles. Sorry, I'm getting really distracted. <laughs> I'm so excited, just like browsing through. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be spending money, but this all looks great. Oh my god, you can just buy it for your sister and then ask to borrow it. And, and like put it all on my birthday list. Oh my like, god, I yes. totally would be okay if you all got me these things. So yeah, Warren Dumay is the best cookbook, and yeah, should also, be next on your list. Is this our first cookbook recommendation for the entire of our think, podcast today recommended one that was in a like what i've been enjoying though it wasn't oh, like okay. part of the main yes i think podcast. it is and it's coming from me yes i love this so much <laughs> that's why i said it's of course inspired by emma oh, thank you <laughs> and i was like this is one that i have to give to her <laughs> definitely <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited to get into it so yeah, Warren Dumay by um, Rebecca Sullivan and Damien Coulthard. So what is your last recommendation? Okay, my last recommendation is also a fiction book, shock horror, um, <laughs> called The White Girl by Tony Birch. Also one of my favourite Australian authors. Um, his work is phenomenal. He's very prolific. He's published like six or seven books. Oh. Um, but The White Girl is, I think, his most recent work. It came out maybe a year or two ago. Okay. Um, Super recent. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling it might have been Adelaide Writers Week this year just gone or maybe the one before. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he's really, really cool. So it is a book set in the 1960s in Australia. Um, and I guess it's about highlighting the awful government policy of taking Indigenous children from their families. Which, let's be real, it's still happening. It's just been rebranded, basically. Mm. Um, But it centres around Odette Brown and her granddaughter, Sissy. Um, So Odette's daughter ran away, disappeared, left her mum to look after her daughter, Sissy, um, to raise as her own. And I guess it's about them navigating how how to stay under the radar of the welfare and the police to avoid sissy getting taken oh gosh yeah but at its core for me this book is about love and the strength of aboriginal women Mm -hmm. and the things that they had to do in order to protect their families but then just the bond that the grandmother and the granddaughter have is so special Mm -hmm. and also the generosity and the warmth that they experience from complete strangers who were also Aboriginal and understood what they were going through was really lovely. Like that sense oh, wow. of community, regardless of whether they were part of the same um, group or whether they knew each other. Like yeah. it was just really special the way that they rallied together in the face of such awful, awful um, adversity. So, yeah. yeah, it's basically about them risking everything to like protect Sissy and like give her wow. a good life. Especially to kind of that topic is such like a social kind of issue but to frame it in like a fiction story yes it's such an like a beautiful way to kind of get across that emotion and like yeah how traumatizing and how stressful that would have even been exactly so it's like that concept I feel like sits almost over the top of it all but Mm. like the main thread as you're reading is really just this beautiful beautiful woman who's the grandmother and the wonderful um, exuberant like adventurous granddaughter and their oh, relationship wow. and they live on the fringes of town in the only area that aboriginal people were allowed to live they weren't allowed to live in the center of town God. um and it's set in like a regional area and it's just like yeah it's, it's so beautiful and then that sits above it all like that that's what they're fighting against yeah. and trying to avoid how young is the is the granddaughter? Is she aware of what's going on? Yeah, yeah, she's maybe. Oh, I can't remember now, but she'd be like, I don't know, but like she six, was seven, like eight, conscious something of like, like that. What yeah, was happening. it's sort of told more from her point of view. That's it's told from the granddaughter's point of view. Oh, really? Yeah, it's oh actually really cool. So it's almost like you're discovering things as she's discovering them. Yeah, you're experiencing the things she is. Like it's really cool, especially seeing it through the eyes of mm. like a girl that age like it just Mm. breaks it down and just Mm. gives it like those core parts yeah which like I can imagine it's hard to kind of take as well yeah it's amazing oh wow so I adored that book yeah it was one of my favorite books I read last year wow yeah I really like that recommendation it's a good one the white girl by Tony Birch is my latest recommendation so there are a few other books that I've read this year that I've adored um, oh, yes. Give so, one is Catching Teller Crow by Amberlynn and Ezekiel Cuellar Molina. They, oh, like, ghosts and um, awful people and mystery and crime, but it's like a YA book. It's really cool. Oh it's my so God. easy to read. Yes. It's brilliant. Um, the Boy from the Mish by Gary Lonsborough, that's also a YA novel about um, a kid coming to terms with his sexuality, living on a mission area. 
Oh, wow. It's like set in the present day, but it's like super cool. Um, Song of the Crocodile by Nardi Simpson. Yes, that's a good one. Have you read it? It's no, so beautiful. I really, it's on my list. And the cover. Oh, what yes, a work I think you've, reckon, you've told me to read this yeah. one, so I have to. And then The Yield, which like everyone's read by Tara June Winch, but it's also brilliant. But I would love to listen to the audiobook version because there's a lot of language in the book. Ooh. And I feel like it would be really cool to hear that. Instead yes, of that's such a good point. Just reading it. Um, but I've got even, we've put even more recommendations, things that we want to read, accounts to follow, all of that kind of stuff on our Instagram. So just check out our NRW highlight on our Insta page for yes. even more recommendations. And it's done so much work. There's some really Bless great recommendations in there. <laughs> Thank you, you have to check it out. Oh my God, there's so many things. I've added wanna... them all to my list. Oh, good. Yeah. And yeah. By a Country, which you recommended <gasps> last yeah. episode. Have you read it? I borrowed it. Oh, I'm so excited for you to read it. It's on my my bedside table. Yay, yay, yay. I really loved that one too. So excited. (laughs) Um, What are you recommending this fortnight? Oh, yeah. So um, with Song Sparrows, I was kind of thinking about how there's something like so melodic about a lot of those Aboriginal languages and thinking about song and like modern songs. And yeah. then I realized that there's this song I really love that actually incorporates Indigenous language in it. So I wanted to recommend a song. I love this. <laughs> I think this is the first like music recommendation we've possibly had Maybe. as well. What, a, yeah. what an episode of first. <laughs> So it's a couple years old, but it's called Yanada by the Preachers. Oh. Yeah, which actually just announced that they were breaking up. I know. Have so you I, read Isabella Manfredi's yeah, post about, about like, why. the yeah. semi-abuse? Yeah. Mm. So that's, I kind of thought this is a good way to mm. honour Izzy as well. Yeah. Because I love that band. So it was written by Izzy Manfredi um, of the Preachers in collaboration with Aboriginal communities and particularly uses Darug language. It was also written by Indigenous language teacher Jacinta Tobin, who helped Izzy actually learn the language. So cool. Yeah, so Yanada means moon in um in Durag language. And yeah, it's a really beautiful song. So and it cool. actually they can I think they said it took like eighteen months to like actually get all the right mm. um permissions and kind of write it mm. in a way that both honoured the com- mm. those communities but also kind of made sense as like a modern mm. kind of song in that rock and roll sense and yeah it's a really beautiful song that I love so and it incorporates cool. language as well so I think love everyone it. should go listen to it hell yeah and if you love listening to music with language like first nations language you should also check out Baker Boy if you haven't already. oh yeah he's, he's phenomenal and he raps in language a lot of the I know, time it's so good isn't it yeah so yeah <laughs> Yanada by the preachers oh, love that recommendation what about your rap well, mine's more books. That's why I said <laughs> plural. Yeah. Um, but also that it's books. Like, I just can't stop. Um, all right, I'm going to recommend two and I promise that's it. One, I don't need to talk about much because I feel like if you haven't heard of it already, you're hiding under a rock. But it's Dark <laughs> Emu by Bruce Pascoe. Yes. And it is... I feel like this book legitimately changed my life. Like You gave it to me and I was completely blown away. Yeah, by it. like again. So thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> I feel like quite dry in parts. Like it's not a page turner necessarily, it's like, but it's, it's so, so interesting. Yes. Yeah. It like rewrites 
the way that we've been taught about Australian history because I feel like we get taught such a bullshit racist version of it Mm. at school and we learn such a narrow perspective. It's pretty much just colonisation onwards. It's awful. It's very much from a white perspective. Whereas, and you know, we learn that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities were nomadic and, you know, I think it really tries to undermine that sense of um, connection to country that they actually had in reality. Oh, totally. And still have to this day. Yeah. And I feel like Bruce Pascoe in this book basically uses journals and diaries of colonial settlers to, like, as justification and evidence of the fact that that's not true. Mm. Like, it talks about the way they stored food, set up fish traps, you know. They had these really agricultural, horticultural processes in place. They had quite sophisticated technology. Mm. But because so much of that was erased due to, like, colonial, like, settler mentalities and genocide and awful, awful, like, lore and practices that came in. And so we've lost lost, it. Yeah, so I feel like that's also been part of it. But even, like, the way that they would harvest certain food, they would do it in ways where it was, like, really respectful of land and it would make sure that other things would flourish and, Mm. oh, there was just so much intelligence there that has been completely eradicated. But, Yeah. yeah, that book just i feel like it literally should be on the curriculum Uh, that's such a good point yeah and like you say comparing it to what we actually learned it's such a celebration exactly like personally for me you just heard about really kind of like that trauma yes in what we learned about indigenous cultures but this is really a celebration and it was also whitewashed right like oh totally everything you learn is like australia existed from 1788 onwards Mm. and all of the things that white people achieved and there was like sort of a mention of displacement and you know we probably learned about stolen generations and a few other bigger things that have made the media but I feel like yeah as a whole we didn't we didn't get a very nuanced perspective of it yeah you know that's a really good way to describe it yeah um so that's one and then the other (laughs) is a collection of poetry called drop bear by evelyn aurelian i know emma busting out of my comfort zone love this it's a really short book it only came out i think this year okay um it is so beautiful i couldn't put it down i just like read it in one sitting and i feel like i want to buy it so i can like reread it just periodically it's so cool so it covers like everything it's like the bushfires there's a little bit of covid stuff woven in because she wrote a lot of the poetry last year um but there's a lot about being an aboriginal person in australia and some of her experiences navigating white supremacy and life in australia and oh i don't want to give too much away because it's she covers a bit of everything, but it's honestly stunning. It's so oh. good. And the cover is beautiful. We've got long, long lists. I know. So many recommendations. recommendations and links to put in the show notes. This was such a episode. good one. Yeah, I feel like we I had so much covered fun. so much. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed all of our recommendations. We'll put it all in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Head to our Instagram account to check out all of our other NRW recommendations. Yes, please check out what Emma's put together for Reconciliation Week. And happy Reconciliation Week. It's a time of celebration but also education. So if you're a white person, please go do the work because our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander friends and colleagues and people in this country are doing all of the work. Yeah, that's a really good point to end on. Mm. Love it. Happy reading. Happy reading, guys. Happy cooking as well. Yes. (laughs) So good. (laughs) See ya. Bye.